So we've got five days till the economic cliff, that is the expanded $600 uh, unemployment expiring. We are already seeing uh, people being pushed to housing courts, facing eviction. Uh, Trump, in that press conference, made a little bit of nudes, uh, basically saying he wants to cut down the unemployment from $600 a week to around $175 to $200 extra a week. Uh, Republican vulture Stephen Moore says it would be $200, which would be, quote, a big win for us. This would amount to about $175 a week bonus after taxes. So think about that for a second, right? If this is what it comes down to. If Trump's starting at $200 a week, my guess is Democrats will come back huffing and puffing. We're not budging. Extend the $600 a week. Maybe they'll meet in the middle at $275, $300 a week. So if you've been basically staying above water because of that extra $600 a week, and again, the extra $600 a week is federal unemployment. That's not... That's in addition to whatever you're getting from your state unemployment. But remember who I, you know, for example, I interviewed um, an unemployed single mother in Arizona. Arizona only only gives out about $250 a week. So if, if you're getting a paltry $250 a week in Arizona and many other states are not that, be- not, not that much better in terms of what you're getting from the state, if you're only getting 250, 275, 300 dollars a week from the state, and then you're only getting, for argument's sake, let's say 300 dollars a week from your state, that's 600 dollars a week, but that's without the the other. That's basically 600 dollars a week total combined when you're combining state and federal. Well, 600 dollars a week. Do the math. 600, 1200, 1800, 2400. It's 2400 a month. Um, you know, if you live in Seattle, if you live in LA, if you live in New York, if you can live in DC, if you live in parts of Chicago, maybe that'll cover your rent. And again, this is, I'm just using Arizona as an example. There are a lot of states that. The unemployment that they put out, that they're offering just on the state level, is penny. I mean, it's crumbs. Two hundred fifty to three hundred dollars a month. So if that's if the six hundred dollars extra is going to be shrunk down to two seventy five, three hundred a month, basically totaling six hundred dollars, there's a lot of people that are not going to be able to pay their bills because you have fifty one million people that filed for unemployment claims every week. We've been getting another 1.3 million to 1.5 million. That ain't changing because the case co- the case count keeps increasing. In Texas, in Florida, the hospitals are nearly overrun. In Miami, the hospitals are overrun. I don't know. You do the math. If your rent, if with unemployment, you're making between 2,000 and 2,400 hours a month. If you're unemployed, is that going to cover your rent? Is that going to cover your health care deductibles if you've lost health care? If you have to go on Obamacare or COBRA, utilities, car payment, student loans, 
Gillamay LaSalle, North Carolina, only gives $175 a week. It's even worse than Arizona. I mean, you know all the payments. If you got, you got a house, things come up. Your car payments, car insurance. Is $2,400 going to do it? They're also talking about a additional $1,200 check. Again, I consider that totally inadequate. Obviously, if your choice is $1,200 or not getting $1,200, you're going to take the $1,200. But the point is, and this, I think, uh, Jeff Stein, who's been doing good work on all this at the Washington Post, point is, the other big factor here is how long the benefits are extended for. Sounds like if they only extend it for two to three months or so, the benefits will be bigger. If they extend it through December, it would presumably be at a lower amount. Well, if you're cutting the unemployment by, at this point, we're saying 300 to $350, where the job market is not picking up, the Republicans, literally as part of the bill, want to give a back-to-work bonus. So essentially dangling a back-to-work bonus off, off of desperate, unemployed workers to rush back to work during a still very, very deadly pandemic. The death count is starting to rise at a more accelerated rate with no vaccine. What is amazing about this is you have Chuck Schumer, he says, coming out of a meeting, earlier today I said Republicans are divided. I want to amend that. Republicans are in complete disarray, totally incompetent, totally in disarray, totally at war with one another. You know, the amazing part about this, and you know, I always tell you, Nancy Pelosi, she drove the getaway car as Trump and McConnell Robbed the Treasury in the first coronavirus bill, four to six trillion dollars, give or take, going to corporations that did not need the money, that are firing their workers, even though technically the strings attached meant they were not to fire their workers. Go ask Boeing. They're laying off their workers this fall. They've already announced it. After getting trillions of dollars in free money that they did not need. That's when Pelosi, Schumer, the Democrats had the leverage and they just went along with this bank robbery the democrats were united schumer says the republicans are a mess and divided the democrats were united in allowing trump and mcconnell to give a, a, a trillion dollar essentially free money to corporate america while essentially ex- setting an expiration date for the unemployment benefits when no one had a clue how long this was going to be. No one had a clue how long this pandemic was going to be. And they set this for expiration knowing, well, if they didn't know, they're morons, that they would have zero leverage at this point. So what's going to happen? What always happens? Pelosi, Schumer, MSNBC, the think tanks, All of the usual suspects who defend this incompetence and, frankly, corruption are going to say, what can we do? Trump has the White House. McConnell has the Senate. They say, we can't do anything. 
you agreed to the first sandwich. You did not get in front of cameras like I've been saying to do for the last three weeks, sounding the alarm that this is about to expire. All this, you know, the bottom line is we're going to be told that the Republicans are awful. They're, they're, they're cutting this unemployment when Americans need it most. But it's all theater because the Democrats knowingly went along with this when they did not have to. They had the leverage. The Republicans didn't have the leverage. The Democrats had the leverage. So if you're sitting there with your $600 a month, excuse me, $600 a week, and it's getting cut down to, if you're lucky, 300 a week, plus the $1,200 check, well, what happens next? Do we, do we anticipate the job market is suddenly going to come back as we still have a hodgepodge of state-by-state criteria and protocols? We don't have one national uniform locked down the whole country for three weeks, which I've been saying for months. Civil libertarians get up my behind about it, but say lovey, that's what we should have done and that's what we should do now. So the job market's not going to be exploding back. And from the sounds of it, we're looking at another two to three month extension. The other aspect of this, which Dave Dayen at the American Prospect has pointed out, but it's a real cluster. If you were lucky enough, if you were lucky enough to be eligible for the $600 a week unemployment, a lot of people didn't get it right away. A lot of people, it took weeks and weeks and weeks to get it. I've, I've been scouring Reddit, seeing people talking about sharing their horror stories where they were literally calling their state unemployment offices for hours and hours and days and days. Meanwhile, Je- Jeff, while they were doing this, this guy was marching closer and closer to becoming a trillionaire. We'll talk about that a little bit later. So these state unemployment offices are not equipped for just this mad dash of people calling in for unemployment. They have antiquated tech, antiquated computer software, and antiquated systems. Most of them do not have enough staff. When I interviewed somebody in Arizona who's unemployed, She says they had to hire an extra 200 people because of this. So if with the $600 extra a week, they were having problems getting out that unemployment insurance in time, how are you going to handle it when you have different levels and a gap? So it's not, they're not going to make a deal. By Saturday, which is the deadline, July 26th is when this expires. So you're going to be putting out $600 a week, and then it's going to change to whatever it is, $250 a week, $300 a week. How the hell are these state offices going to figure out how to distribute that at different levels for different weeks? They could barely get out just the one amount. The Bernie Biden Commission, 
those wonderful suggestions came out a few weeks ago. So not news there. Uh, the commission, you know, if you want to be a naive optimistic optimist, had some decent proposals, I guess, for climate change. Criminal justice was a mess. Uh, the economic proposals I thought were a joke. I thought most of it was a joke. Um, but really, we have to look at what did the people who run the country think? Because we are living in the United Corporations of America, as you know. We know that the media didn't take it seriously, but did, did Wall Street take it seriously? So I came across this, despite expectations that a collaboration between former Vice President Biden and Bernie Sanders would drag Mr. Biden sharply left. The actual document produced by the Biden-Sanders Unity Task Force fell flat for leftist hopes. New York Investment Bank Keith Bruyat and Woods said Monday, and they're a pretty well-known uh, Wall Street investment firm here in New York. The Biden-Sanders Task Force recommendations were light on specifics and, quote, positive for what they didn't say from the point of view of the powerful U.S. financial industry. A team of Keith Broyat and Woods analysts headed by Washington-based Brian Gardner told clients of the investment bank in a report. So just think about that for a second. Think about how corrupt this country is. Again, the United Corporations of America. You have this show commission, you know, I'm not getting into Bernie. Everybody has their different views on whether Bernie uh, dropped out too early, whether he should have done those hostage videos with Biden. You have this show commission. Wall Street's looking at it to see, hey, should I give Biden any more money? Should we throw in these max checks for the Biden's campaign committee for Biden's super PACs? You know, how, how much are we going to give these communists with Bernie? That's what Wall Street's saying. Then they saw the commission. They saw that it was laughable. Biden won't legalize marijuana. Biden won't go any further on health care. Biden will not get rid of um, the immunity shield for police officers. But basically, you have Wall Street firms giving reports to their clients, which, by the way, their clients pay a lot of money for these forecasts, that's what they call them, basically saying, oh, you got nothing to worry. We're going to get rid of the nuisance, which is Trump. Trump's not a threat to Wall Street. He's been great for Wall Street. So we'll get rid of the noise. And, you know, you don't have anything to worry. We're safe with Biden. Don't just listen to this new report that this Wall Street firm put out. Listen to what Biden told corporate donors just the other night. I reported this yesterday at a, at a virtual fundraiser with the chief operating officer hosted by the chief op operating officer of Blackstone. He said, quote, corporate America has to change its ways. It's not going to require legislation. I'm not proposing any. We've got to think about how we deal people back in. Well, So essentially, guys, you're on the honor system. Behave. I'm not going to really do anything to enforce you to behave. There's no legislation coming, but, you know, 
What did Hillary say? Cut it out. And this is where I find it just hard as a journalist, as a member of the Twitter Razi. You know, you're supposed to only bash Trump. You're supposed to say it doesn't matter how corrupt his opponent is. It doesn't matter how much of an empty vessel his opponent is. We got to get rid of Trump. We'll fix every. We'll fix Biden after that. We'll move him left after we get rid of Trump. You're moving this guy left. Are you kidding me? First he told them nothing will fundamentally change. Now he's telling them, uh, I'm not proposing any legislation to rein you in or anything. Don't worry about it. But you can't make this up. So, what else did this report written by Wall Street say? The Biden-Sanders unity report, named after the presumptive Democratic presidential candidate and his one-time rival, was mum about forcing private equity billionaires to pay the same tax rates that other people's pay. Oh, no, we don't need that. It includes no fiduciary rule requiring financial advisors to serve clients instead of themselves. Oh, America, where you pay financial investors to not guarantee they're actually looking out for your best interests. No problem there. But... The real part about this, quote, but it did not propose breaking up the big banks or even making them hold more capital, Gardner noted. So this is the Wall Street uh, investment firm that wrote the report for its clients. So basically they're saying uh, too big to fail. Still a thing. Biden coming in. We could go back to the good old days, baby. Not that we ever left. I mean, I'll. Wall Street still did whatever they want, wanted under Obama. Trump, continuation. But with Biden, the banks, you're okay. Don't worry about whatever progressive lip service he's putting out there. Don't worry about that. Though the report was vague on the point, Gardner expects that a President Biden will unwrap Trump's restrictions from the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and appoint an ally of its founding advocate, U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren, to sue and pressure student loan servicers, mortgage servicers, credit card companies, payday lenders, installment lenders, debt collectors, and credit reporting agencies to cut fees and hassle for hard-pressed borrowers at the expense of the company's owners. So basically they're saying that he might appoint Warren to run the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and what we'll get of that is a hodgepodge of lawsuits that would probably be stuck in court for the two to three years Biden remains president. So that's really the relief we're talking about. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I would give Biden credit if he was actually proposing things I actually felt would be followed through on. But this is essentially talking about Biden empowering Warren to sue student loan servicers, mortgage servicers, credit card companies, payday lenders, installment lenders, debt collectors, and credit reporting agencies. Not exactly a guarantee of mass relief for people buried by student loans, mortgages, <laughs> credit card companies. Credit card companies, by the way, which you're buried because of the bankruptcy bill, which Joe Biden pushed and wrote. But the group had nothing to say about Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. If you studied uh, your 2008 financial crash, they were the, they were the pr uh, real, real catalyst for the crash. The government subsidized mortgage finance giants that are the subject of much heat and little light in reform proposals by bankers and bank critics alike. In short, 
KBW concluded the Biden's campaign message on housing policy is muddled. All this is more than Democrat wishful thinking because Biden is way ahead in the early polls, but he could still blow the election, Gardner wrote, if his further left allies scare middle American voters into worrying about government takeovers or a breakdown of public order. Again, this is a report written by a Wall Street investment bank. What about a Democratic Congress? That could, quote, could make it easier to raise corporate taxes or impose a financial transaction tax. But Gardner said Democrats will need help getting that through the Senate, where some members of both parties are vi- are close to the banks, as Biden was in his Senate days. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to read any more, but I-, I-, I wanted to show you this because, see, you really get the idea. Nothing will fundamentally change. So... What will fundamentally change is Trump will be gone under President Biden. I don't know how much gone. I think Trump will still be very much a part of life in whatever he does in his second act. So really, at the end of the day, you're being gaslit. You're being gaslit. Essentially, shut your mouth if you're on Twitter Don't say anything bad about Joe Biden. Ignore the corruption. Ignore the fact that you're essentially getting a really, really shitty bowl mixed with Obama, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, and some Republicans to boot. And when no action comes quickly, when the progressive proposals Biden put forward during the campaign suddenly don't material in 100 days, in six months... The answer, it's going to take a while. We still have to unpack the damage that President Trump did domestically and around the world. This kind of damage won't take. You can't undo in 100 days, in six months. And my fear is, I don't think progressives are going back to sleep. I think we have awoken a beast in the progressive movement. We're not going back to sleep. But these resistance people, oh, they're... You know, outraged that Trump has deployed federal troops in Portland. They should be. Absolutely correct. It's fascism straight up. This is all a net regress because the bottom line is Jordan, sorry to talk about myself in the third person, will be sitting here in 20 years having the same exact conversation about the fascists that we just have to get rid of. And we got to eat our broccoli and accept this terrible democratic choice if we don't curb this cycle of lesser of two evils bullshit. And a lot of it starts with independent media. You're telling me they need months to investigate? Witnesses say they used a battering ram to go get into this house. Witnesses say they did not announce themselves as police. This woman was shot eight times. New reports come out that she was alive for several minutes and they did not provide medical care to her. They didn't even have a medical uh, medical personnel there medical personnel there when they barged in. What are they investigating? Why is this different than George Floyd 
These officers were fired and charged within a week to two weeks. We know the difference. We saw it on videotape. But you shouldn't need a videotape for this. The only officer that's been fired had a long history of sexual harassment and assault claims. I don't know if a black cop or a black anybody used a battering ram unannounced into a white blonde woman's home, shot her eight times and killed her, and witnesses said, yeah, they didn't announce themselves. You think it would take 130 days to fire all the officers and press charges if it was a white woman in the suburbs? sleeping in bed who were killed? I don't think so. So, this inaction is causing activists to act. Ari maybe planned to indulge in a few treats Sunday afternoon before starting a hunger strike Monday with three other protesters at an Airbnb in Louisville. But eating too much the day before you start fasting is a bad idea, she said. She wasn't going to overdo it. Maybe in three other demonstrators, Amira Bryant, Vincent Gonzalez, and Tabin Ibershoff say they plan to stop eating at noon Monday and will remain on a hunger strike until the three Louisville Metro police officers who fired their weapons the night of Breonna Taylor's was killed are removed from their position and stripped of their pensions. The four were among several speakers Sunday at a Kentucky Alliance Against Political and Racial Repression news conference at the Carl Braden Memorial Center. They made the decision Wednesday that they would abstain from all food, maybe said, and organizers have been working to make it a reality since then. We've been prepping for a few days now. The clock is ticking, as they say. It's a project that's bigger than four people. Medical personnel will be involved to monitor the hunger strikers, and others have been working to secure an Airbnb to serve as the site of protest. And then there's the live stream team, the group that will broadcast for the dem- uh, broadcast the demonstration 24 hours a day on their Facebook page, Hunger Strikers for Brianna. Gonzalez joked that the next step of the protest won't be televised, but it will be live streamed. So if you want to check it out, it's Hunger Strikers for Brianna. It's four individuals that are abstaining from all caloric intake, but we have an army of other people helping us fundraising, helping on the back end of things like that. I think altogether we probably have about 35 people involved right now. Those four won't eat anything but vitamin supplements and could only drink water, green tea, and black coffee, no cream, no sugar. Yes, coronavirus is understandably the leading story, and it will be that way for a long time. But Breonna Taylor deserves the exact same thing that George Floyd got, the same outcry Ahmaud Aubrey got, frankly, maybe even more, because there is no justice for Breonna Taylor. And the fact that we're not seeing the sustained level of outcry across the media, across government on behalf of Breonna Taylor is why they are slow walking this thing because there is zero pressure on them. So I will keep you updated. I will continue to stay in touch with the family uh, of Breonna Taylor. Uh, 
you know, when the situation is a little better, I, I might even go back there because this story needs to stay out there. The fact that a 26-year-old woman was murdered in bed and nothing has been done about it months later is outrageous.